We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, Sarah, so the first day of joint practices between the Ravens and the visiting Washington Commanders had plenty of fireworks. As you probably know by now, there were three different on-field fights and countless explosive plays from Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we will show everyone those highlights. Plus, we'll give reaction from John Harbaugh and his team's dust-ups, since we don't like to call them fights these days, dust-ups. And uh, Lamar Jackson, he had some glowing remarks for both his wide receivers, but especially Odell Beckham Jr. after their big day together. Needless to say, another jam-packed one on deck. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Wednesday, August 16th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Well, Odafe Owe flipping things over the defensive side. He had a big standout day against the Commanders Tuesday with reported four sacks. And it looks like the Patrick Picard experiment offensive line, it is over. Plus, how about this bizarre flex by the Commanders Twitter account? We'll have that and some Ravens players react to the loss of a former teammate, a former Raven, a former NFL running back. Alex Collins. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Bobby, as you said, this episode is going to be jam-packed. And here's the thing with it. Because it was live streamed and because it was joint practices, which allowed videography and photography for the entire practice, we're just going to let you know now, this is going to be heavy highlights based. We got a lot of them. We're going to do our best to talk them through with the with the audio only folks. But man, oh man, where to begin? So what we'll do is we'll first check out the explosive plays. And then after that, we'll get into the explosive dust ups that happened afterwards. So uh, Bobby, it was just a nice day for Lamar Jackson and company. Uh, Lamar did have a little stretch uh, during seven on sevens where he had some overthrows and some underthrows. But outside of that little stretch, which is quite normal for, our, for all quarterbacks, boy, oh boy, did he connect on a lot of play. So let's begin with his, his new receiver in Odell Beckham Jr., who had just 
another phenomenal day. And it just seems like, listen, we cannot get enough of this. Let's start off with this one. LJ dropping back and going deep for Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, just a gorgeous pass. Odell Beckham Jr. has quite a bit of separation. He actually even slows up a little bit. He's uh, going against uh, cornerback Kendall Fuller on that one. So it's just nice. You know, we had the other day, Bobby, We I quoted Mike Preston saying he didn't really feel like the Ravens were attacking all areas of the field. But here I am. It just seems like every single – and this is 11-on-11. This isn't just a 7-on-7 or a 1-on-1. You actually got the defense coming at you. So for LJ and OBJ to connect deep on that is huge. And then the the uh, the team, the Ravens website, put out a top play. They actually had to put out a couple because there were just so many to choose from. This is another one with OBJ and LJ again connecting. He's got all the time in the world. Lamar Jackson does there. Gorgeous spiral. Gorgeous spiral. Wasn't even quite needed. He does reach out with the diving. Odell Beckham Jr. with his signature one-handed Grab again against the veteran Kendall Fuller. I mean, it's just gorgeous, Bobby. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous because he's protected. It's gorgeous because it's a beautiful spiral. It's gorgeous because Odell Beckham Jr. has like a good two steps on this guy. It's gorgeous because it's another one-hander. It's just all around a big day between Lamar and OBJ. And it's gorgeous because of what seems to be this like overnight chemistry that's formed between the two of them. And that's kind of exactly what Lamar talked about during his media session. I feel like our chemistry is there, is there. Um, and he a lot faster than people give him credit for a lot faster. So what's the big headline there from Lamar's vantage point about a guy that's been out of the league for over a year. We have not seen him in regular season action, really postseason action since two Super Bowls ago, coming back from the torn ACL, and yet he's faster than what everybody is advertising him as right now. That could be Lamar kind of gassing up his guy, right? He's trying to get back in the league. We know this is a prove-it deal for him, not only to himself, but to the rest of the NFL. But at the same time, we know you know Lamar is <laughs> – he can be candid, and I think he's really, really thrilled with not only what is at his disposal – you know, specifically throughout the entire position group room at wide receiver, but who might become his guy when games are on the line? And that's, that could be number three, Odell. And I don't, I mean, it's, it, maybe it's a little bit guessing up, but it's also like, but also we keep seeing these plays <laughs> and you're going up against another veteran cornerback, another starter, and you're getting plenty of separation uh, yeah, you can do that with some craftiness, but you also have to have some speed. And so that's, look, this is all you can ask for at this time in training camp from a guy who's coming off of an ACL who hasn't played in over a year and is, you know, you know, not under 30 anymore. So, uh, absolutely great stuff there. So let's move into his other wide receiver that continues to just blow everybody's socks off. And that is Zay Flowers, Bobby. I didn't even track down all the plays. We didn't even track down all the plays that Zay had. One that comes to mind that we don't have is when he had this deep catch down the right sideline uh, against Rashad Wild Goose. He had his number pretty much all day, so there was that deep pass. We do not have that. But uh, we do have – let's start with this play. <laughs> I'm already laughing about it. This play of the day. 
So this again is Zay. He gets off, gets separation. This looks like uh, seven on sevens. I don't believe this is 11 on 11s, but Rashad Wild Goose has a fistful, okay? A fistful of Zay Flowers. It's not exactly his, his jersey. It's his white kind of under t-shirt that he has. Look at that. That is totally full, grabbing it to its full extent. It looks like the thing's going to rip off. Plus, Wild Goose gets his arm in there, hits his forearm. So what could it have been? It could have been that Zay Flowers gets another drawn penalty, just like we saw against the Eagles, putting together what Peter King said, that is that you have to do a penalty in order to stop him. So not only does he draw the penalty, but he also still makes the catch. He makes the diving catch. This is just, you can't ask for anything more from Zay Flowers at this point. And then, Bobby, this is one-on-ones. Now, listen, just to be fair, one-on-ones always favor the offensive player. Defensive players usually have help. These cornerbacks have help. They know they have safeties, all that kind of stuff. But holy, okay, here's what you want to see, though, in one-on-ones as an offensive coach. You want to see if a guy can can create separation on his own. I'm not scheming it. It's not because, you know, there, there wasn't any pre- – like, it's just can you get separation on your own? Now, you tell me if Safe Flowers can create separation on his own. This one, I believe, is against – is this Emmanuel Fords? No, this is Jartavius Martin he's against. Let me play this again. So this is just one-on-ones. Zay has his signature burst, gets past – Jartavius Martin looks like he's about to go full speed and then suddenly puts on the brakes, puts on the brakes, and it's like, does Martin have ankles anymore? Does he have cleats anymore? Like, puts on the brakes, comes past the ball. If we had audio on this, the entire crowd, Bobby, all eyes are on Zay Flowers, and everybody's just like, dang, oh, I mean, just leaves him in the dust. He he somehow stops on a dime. The body control to maintain his balance in that moment, it's all happening. Well, it's a five-second clip, just to give you an idea, but it all happens. The cut itself, the jab itself, the planting of the foot itself is like a second, if that. And, And Jartavius is lost totally in the dust. But then the sturdiness of the route, something we heard about, about Zay coming out of Boston College is that, okay, yes, he's undersized, but he runs with durability. He runs with toughness. He runs sturdy. And you saw that there because after he puts on the electric move, leaves the guy in the dust, what does he do? He hauls in the catch. He hauls in the football, and he knows he has the the awareness, uh, the body control to know where the football is, turn his head, bang, it's right there. There's trust that goes into that. There's reps. There's um, it, it was it was fun to watch. And again, to your point, that wasn't even we're not even scratching the surface with what he's done. So you may be out there like Dan Graziano on the national side of things with ESPN. That's kind of pumping the brakes on the Ravens, pumping the brakes on a guy who hasn't played in a regular season game, which is fair. Right. You are absolutely entitled to that mindset. Right. But we're just showing you what we see. And we're not the only ones that are feeling this way. The guy is electric, and he's going to be an immediate contributor in this offense. And who is the other person feeling this way? Lamar Jackson. Here he is on his rookie wide receiver. 
he showed me he can do it against anybody else, uh, not just our team. Um, he was making some crazy moves, great route running, um, great in and out of his cuts, and he was catching the ball, so he, he was looking pretty good out there. He's not just doing it against our guys, and we do know that the cornerbacks are so right now not the greatest strength outside of Marlon Humphrey, so it is nice to see him do this against other guys, including um, – Emmanuel Forbes, that's the one he, you know, he got the big, the big touchdown on. Emmanuel Forbes, I wanted the Ravens to draft him. These are two first-round rookies. Emmanuel Forbes, I believe he set the FBS record for the most pick sixes. So to see those two going back and forth and and Zay getting the better of them, that's 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 pretty nice. So one last thing from from a passing perspective. Listen, as awesome as it is, right, having OBJ and Zay. You always can come back to old, reliable. You want to break this one down with with Mark Andrews here? Yeah, come on. You guys know this is a broken record right here. Deja vu, right? Year in and year out. Rinse, recycle, repeat. Street ball. What do I mean by that? I don't know if that was how the play was designed, right? Lamar, there's some pressure that comes in. You know how he does. He just finds a way to avoid the pressure, shifts his feet a little bit, and lofts one down to Mark. Great coverage. Mark finds a way. We know that these two have coined street ball together over the last five years. It's been so much to fun, so much fun to watch when they improv the way they did it with this play. Maybe I'm speculating in terms of what the design was, but it sure looked like to me something that they have. It's been their bread and butter over the years. When plays break down, when you don't have that first or second option, who's going to be coming across the middle, or in this case, going way out left down the field. Just throw it up there, Sarah. He's going to bring down the 50-50 ball. Can you tell we're starting to get excited about the season here? (laughs) All right, because Mark's not the only one that he's going to be relying on now, like he's had to in recent years, other than himself when he puts on his Superman cape. So, yeah, I'm getting jacked up about it. We're going to get to the fire and the the competitive fire that Mark brought, which was relatively (laughs) uncharacteristic of him uh, earlier today as we taped this on the 15th from from, – a physicality standpoint, but, but yeah, you, you know, that that option is always going to be there and there's the reminder. And by and how awesome was it? Mark was, was defended by one guy on that play, not like two or even three, just, just one guy. Single and, coverage. Single yep. coverage. And he was, he was actually covered quite well. The defender was right there, but, but Mark came up with it. He's just a strong dude. So to finish up this section of the passing game, we're going to leave the final words to Marlon Humphrey uh, who's talking a little bit about OBJ and then has a prediction. I think it's been really good. I think, you know, based off the discussions me and Odell have had, <laughs> whatever this means, he said, you know, I'm not going to do to you what I would do to guys in the game. So he's done some kind of bad stuff to me, actually. So that, that's a good thing that there's more in the tank there. But um, I think that connection is going to be sweet. I'm, uh, I'm really excited for those two guys to, you know, make make some big things happen. You know, I, I see – us having at least 2,000 yard receivers this year. So whatever two guys that'll be, um, I'm excited for it. But like I said before, we got we got guys um, at the wide receiver position. And then Mark Andrews, that's just a given. So you don't even got to talk about that. But, you know, I think uh, we got a really strong, strong core there. That generated some buzz. At least two wide receivers are going to hit the 1,000 receiver yards threshold. So... Uh, on my personal wide side, wide receivers today, or receivers, because I just wonder if he counts Mark Andrews. 
as one. Yeah, you wonder. And this offense yeah. in the past years, he's, he's, he's played. I mean, we all remember what happened in the playoff game last year, lining up outside when they needed him to play wide receiver. But hopefully for this year, Sarah, for, for, for all intents and purposes, hopefully he can be a tight end and they don't, they aren't relying on him to be a wide receiver in January. But, um, I kind of had a little nice little exercise on my personal side of things on the, on the YouTube channel earlier today when I was recording and I kind of, you know, polled the audience, who's going to be the two. And so I, I threw out my own prediction as well. I think it's going to be OBJ and I'm a prisoner of the moment right now. I'm going with Zay. Those are my two. A lot of folks had Bateman and OBJ, which is fair. I think that's also pretty realistic. I decided to go with a little bit of um, a lofty prediction, I guess, and give Zay that kind of respect. Well, and I'll just say this, like, I was listening to a quote from Tori Smith. He was on the live stream. By the way, all those all those videos, I know we said it for a couple of them, most of those videos right there, all courtesy of, of Ravens Productions. They were awesome today with with uh, that. Now, these dust-ups, you better believe the team the team wasn't putting those up. So we'll, that'll come from different sources, but but a lot of those plays there from, from Ravens Productions. But anyway, I was watching their live, sh- live stream, and Tory Smith, they were asking, hey, Tory, people are talking about this could be the best wide receiver core in Ravens history. What do you got to say about that with that Super Bowl team with Anquan Bolden himself and Jacoby Jones? And then they had Dennis Pitta. And uh, he said, you know, nobody on that team had a thousand. Nobody had a thousand yards. And he's also like, well, we had Ray Rice, a.k.a. kind of J.K. Dobbins, who was catching a lot of uh, balls out of the backfield, too. Like he had a ton. He's like, so none of us had a thousand but what was nice is we all brought something different to the table. And so one week it'd be, it could be, you know, Tori that's taken over. One week it could have been Anquan. One week it, week it could have been Dennis and then Ray Rice and whatever. And it was, it seemed like there was always a different hero. And you could even see that going all the way through the playoffs. And so that's what he's, he was like, so yeah, this team could be better, but I see a lot of similarities of this. The, these wide receivers could be better, but I see a lot of similarities in that. Zay and OBJ are totally different. Rashad Bateman's totally different. You've got you've got now a J.K. Dobbins in this running game, and then you have you know Lamar himself who can who's who can be a weapon. So um, so even if the Ravens don't have two one thousand wide receivers, I still think this is going to be uh, right up there with with the best that Super Bowl year because you have so many different people who could take over a game. Well said. We ready to get into the theater? Here, let's do it. Okay. So obviously extracurriculars are typically a shoe-in for joint practices. It's been a minute. Joint practices temporarily left the off-season program or the training camp program schedule. So they're back now, and they came back with, as we mentioned, their share of fireworks. Several different incidents were all caught on film throughout the, the day one of joint practices, beginning with wide receiver Tylen Wallace going up against the aforementioned Emmanuel Forbes, who, by the way, was a first-round pick. He was the 16th overall pick to he's Washington. A dog. So, I like dude. him. Yeah, he's a dude. Yeah. He's a dog. And he, in this moment, showed that, yeah, he belongs. He is unafraid. But Tylen also said, hey, I've been around this league for a few years as well, and you ain't going to get handsy with me after the whistle. So here you go. This is courtesy of WMAR. Lamar with a quick hitter on the outside to Tylen. And after, and again, there's no audio here, right? So just trust me when I say the play has been ruled dead. And after it was dead, very obviously, not certainly not violently, certainly not, maybe just slightly instigative. 
Emmanuel starts to kind of get handsy with a couple jabs. And I'm going to go ahead and play it back with Tylen here after the whistle. So Tylen, hey, Sarah, this guy, he understands that his roster spot is in jeopardy. He's fighting for a spot on that 53, a great start to, to that process in the first preseason game. But this, again, was the first of many. And, and look at everybody come in. You know after that first punch is thrown by Tylen and Forbes obviously retaliates the whole group. I mean, it's like a straight up like baseball diamond when when both bullpens exit, everybody comes flying out onto the middle of the field. That's what that was. But luckily, luckily for both teams, nobody came away injured. And that's what I worry about. When those skirmishes happen and you got a bunch of big men that are right on top of each other and there's punches flying and there's there's fists everywhere. I worry about a Ronnie Stanley who luckily for for him is being ruled out essentially just protected by sitting out of these joint practices because of his surgically repaired ankle. Can you imagine if he's in the middle of that protecting his guys and somebody rolls up on the ankle? That's how that stuff happens. So that's what makes me nervous. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need to keep these, you know, under control. This is the first one, Bobby. I got it. Let's watch it one more time because you, you forgot the biggest part. <laughs> like, all right. So here's the quick out again. Throws it to Tylen, Tylen Wallace. So after like the punches and he comes back, here comes Devin Duvernay out of nowhere and just throws Emmanuel Forbes to the ground. And then that's when, that's when everything started going bananas there. But I do like the self-control right here where everybody, they do, they start to, to like ease up there, but it's like Devin Duvernay being like, no, you are not touching my fellow wide receiver. So watch this one more time. And now here Justin. comes Doof right of, there. Look at Justin. And here comes Doof. Whoop! <laughs> like just hey. out of control. Yeah, right. No, uh, I'm I'm with you. Like there's a there's a part of me that's always like I love the dog, and that's why I, I do have respect for Emmanuel Forbes coming in here as a rookie. And like you said, I don't know that it was totally out of bounds. I mean, it wasn't like violent. He was. He was still poking. He was being annoying. He was being annoying, yeah. and he did kind of yeah. hit Thailand. So I get why Thailand like came back at him, you know? Um, so on one side, I'm like, good for you, Thailand, sticking up. Good for you. You know, Duvernay coming over and helping out your teammate. But at the same time, you cannot let it go too far. And luckily, in this instance and the couple others we're going to show you, luckily nobody let it go too far. And, of course, it goes without saying, a lot of this would hurt your team. It would penalize your team in regular yeah. season action. It would There would be unsportsmanlike conducts, potential, I don't know about suspensions, but th throw, you know, throw outs of the game. I mean, there's, there's a lot that could come from this. So we, that's all, obviously, we understand that. But this is joint practices, and, and there, was, uh, there was some fire, as there was. And this, is, this was rel relatively uncharacteristic behavior from one Mark Andrews, who – Yes, is a fiery competitor. Yes, is as tough as it gets and durable. But here he is. And Danny Johnson, he does he takes exception to the way Danny Johnson comes in on that catch and straight up WWEs him. I'm gonna go ahead and replay that from the beginning. Again, the audio only folks, you can always find this on camera work on YouTube. Danny Johnson kind of comes in with his head ever so slightly. Maybe something happened prior. It, it was a clean play from my view. But Mark just takes exception to it. And Sarah, he picks him up and slams him to the turf. And all hell breaks loose after this. I mean, who knows what's going on in here? I think Morgan Moses was getting involved. 
there's a big, big skirmish right now. And so this went on for about a minute or so. And, and based on what I saw from, from beat reporters, I think they're, the two teams went to their respective sides after this. And Harbs and Ron Rivera were like, all right, enough is enough. Yeah, that's when the head coaches came in. Here's what I couldn't tell um, from Mark Andrews' point of view. I couldn't tell if he thought, because look at how he hits him and it knocks out the, the ball. So I think that it happened so quick, it would have been an incomplete pass. What I couldn't tell if it was like, was he acting as if it was a fumble? Because the commander, uh, the other defender picked it up. So I didn't know if he was acting like the play was still alive. And he's like, oh, I got to go and tackle him because it was a fumble. Um, I don't know. But but Mark does leave pretty quickly. And the coaches, as you say, intervene. Wait, that's actually a good point, though. Maybe Mark was yeah. thinking that it was a live ball, right? Because afterwards, in terms of retaliation, after after he body slams him, he doesn't go back after him. It's just as if he's down, right? So here right. it is. All he wants is he wants to walk away now. And so yeah. I, that's actually a good point. I was sort of thinking that maybe something was happening, you know, after the whistle, a play or two prior, something, you know, earlier on in the day. But maybe that was just it. Because, again, that's uncharacteristic stuff there from Mark Andrews. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, the last one comes from the defensive side. Now this one. <laughs> All right, we'll just show you this one. This is our Darius Washington. Uh, this one, I think our Darius gets a little, uh, this one, he might be a little too aggressive here. So our Darius is just defending against, who does he have here? Tight end, Cole Turner. And um, yeah, he deserved the flag on that one. Let me play this one again real quick here. So he's coming in, he drops the pass. So he's defending a pass. Turner drops it. And Ardarius keeps like pushing, which, okay, that's not totally uncharacteristic. So while he's kind of pushing as the whistles are blowing, but then he like, he like tosses him. 
Like he doesn't have the ball. He's already way out of bounds. Then now Cole Turner does look like he acted a little bit on that. Like, I don't know that our Darius is throwing a dude that much bigger than him in the air. Like it looked like Turner kind of like lunged a little bit on that one to me, but still I felt like it was like unnecessary from our Darius Washington's point of view. And so, you know, again, you just hope it doesn't turn into anything big. It didn't, they seem to control themselves. Um, and it's hot and it's chippy and they're excited that they get to play a team that's not themselves so they can let things out a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I wonder if, if coaches will be like, you do that again tomorrow, we're going to have some problems. So uh, those were the three. Get to some reaction on that because you know John Harbaugh is a no-nonsense guy. Matter of fact, Ron Rivera went as far as to say going into day one that he doesn't want any BS well, there was plenty of BS going on out there. I don't know how he defines BS, Sarah, but there was plenty of it. And I can't imagine he was too thrilled with it. Not every one of those, by the way, was sort of instigated by a commander. I think you could you could say that the Emmanuel Forbes one was. Our Darius cl- clearly escalated that. And Mark escalated that. We don't know what happened between the lines, but the majority of them were actually <laughs> done by the Ravens on their home turf. So anyway... Harb's takeaways from day one of joint practices sounded like this. We got a lot of work done. I mean, that's the bottom line. We got a lot of work done. Uh, you know, joint practices are a challenge always, obviously, because you've got two teams out here and there's a lot of pride. So uh, we got, we, I thought it was a really good practice. You know, we had a couple dust-ups, which you don't want to see, but it's not really unexpected. I thought they got handled pretty quickly. We called the guys up there uh, on our field over there on our offensive field. And... Uh, Talked to our guys, and Ron talked to their guys, and, and after that it was calmed down. So I felt good about that. And how about Marlon Humphrey from his vantage point? Yeah, to me, this is actually you know, kind of almost better than preseason. It's obviously it's much harder to tackle uh, without going to the ground, and then you're, you're covering you know, elite guys you know, every single play doing. You're third and ones. You're putting in good position, good and bad position. So I think for a lot of guys, me, Roquan, Marcus, we're kind of taking these days as these are two preseason games, not knowing how much preseason action we'll see. But, you know, I think joint practices is, is some of the, the best work you can really get. Did you hear him catch himself there? There's no way they're playing in preseason. Like, yeah. There's just no way. He, Roquan, Marcus, no chance. So he caught himself there a little bit. But I did like that perspective. Like expect these. And granted, there's not going to be as much access into day two later today, later this morning. Uh, that's that's what, at least what we've heard just from a logistical standpoint, technically Ravens productions wise, but expect these two days to be, yeah, they're, they're ramp up. Like they're going to be getting in a lot of work and we're not going to see them other than that until aside from practice until the 10th of September, probably. That's why coaches like it. Cause coaches aren't going to play their players in the preseason in, in, in joint practices, they have more control and so they can protect their players more but they also get to play against other people. It's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's joint practices are probably the most productive thing of the, of the preseason for the starters. So just some other quick practice notes, no videos, but um, I've heard some different uh, reports on it. Jonas Schaefer gave Odafe Owe, I believe three sacks. The Baltimore Sun said there were four. None of these are, are official. This is just what reporters are kind of tallying on their own notebooks. But uh, yeah, Odafe Owe, Ugh, he seemed he seemed to have a, a pretty good day, whether it was three or four. Um, 
And Marlon Humphrey gave him some props saying he's looking really good in camp. So that's good to hear. We never saw Odafe in the preseason, which made a lot of people nervous about the um, pass rush, which you, I still kind of am. I want to see who they're going to sign. But great day from Odafe. Plus, again, the hometown guy, undrafted rookie outside linebacker Malik Ham. He had an unblocked sack and then got good pressure. Um, undrafted cornerback Jeremy Lucien, he had a pair of pass breakups in 11 on 11 work. So good for him. And then the Ravens newly signed defensive back DeAndre Houston Carter. Uh, we did not grab this video, but he jumped in real quick and he's going to fit in just fine. He popped, just popped that had the whole crowd ooing. Uh, I, I don't know who the defender was, but he was he was defending a, a receiver or tight end. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, he closed in quick and had some physicality for sure. And uh, let's see two more two more notes here. Harbs Harbaugh has confirmed that the um, Ricard offensive line. Patrick Ricard offensive line experiment that is over. <laughs> John Harbaugh said it was late in camp. So kind of hard to do this experiment now. He said, so Ricard came to me the other day and said, hey, I want to get back in there where I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and he said, maybe this is something for next year. So he's back at fullback in tight end, Harb said. So uh, I guess good try. I wouldn't put it past him that he could do it, but it, I mean, he is just off of hip surgery. So kind of a tough time to do it. And then finally, what's what's a practice review, Bobby? without a Keaton Mitchell highlight. I will run this one very quickly here. Keaton Mitchell gets a handoff from, who is that? Is that Josh Johnson there? Um, gets a, I mean, just a burst. He just wasn't even, he like nobody had a chance in, in catching him. This is 11 on 11 work. He gets the handoff, goes to his left immediately. Good, I mean, great blocking by the offensive line. Nobody came close until the end there. What is that? A good, how many yards is that? So they're, they look like they're about the 35. So he's making it past the 40, past the 50, up to the 40. I mean, 35 again. So, I mean, he just, the burst, the burst is just, it, Tor, Tory Smith was watching that one, by the way, when he was watching it. And Tory Smith is no uh, snail. And even he was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Look at that speed. So there's your daily Keaton Mitchell update. I'm glad you brought it in there. Cause speaking of popping, he, he's popping every time he touches the ball. So yeah, certainly making a case for the 53 and potentially for John Harbaugh to keep four running backs. We'll see if he ends up doing that in the coming weeks, some injury updates before quick hits. Uh, John Harbaugh said that Ronnie Stanley was held out because like I mentioned earlier on in the show, they're protecting his ankle a little bit. Of course, it's the surgically repaired ankle. And like I mentioned, can you imagine if he was in one of these skirmishes? I mean, just it's it's not worth it. So as long as he is ready to go, fully healthy and available come September 10th, that's a win to me. We know what he's capable of being when healthy. Ravens cornerback Pepe Williams, Demarion Pepe Williams, he tweeted out that his left ankle underwent surgery successfully. He is expected to miss the first month of this season, according to John Harbaugh. So that is the latest with a second-year corner in Pepe Williams. Quick hits. 
as for like the logistics of day two of joint practices, just so you have an expectation going into today, do not expect to see as much video from practice after allowing uh, for fil full filming today. It was even broadcast, like you said, to the productions department. Uh, since it was also being live streamed, tomorrow is back to usual policy. So only video of individual drills will be allowed. Um, and, and Bo Smoko from Press Box added that he didn't think that the team liked video of dust-ups being out there, which you kind of referenced earlier on, which we probably know is true, which is why they refer to them as dust-ups, not yeah. fights. So <laughs> that is that. John Simpson seems to be making somewhat of a case where he he's probably like the guy for left guard as of right now. Maybe we saw him get a considerable time reps wise during that first preseason game. The depth chart lists him as the starter. Here's what John Harbaugh says where he's at. John is making a good case for himself. He was, he was, he was very solid. It's a good word for it. He was footwork, fundamentals, assignments were all good. He was physical, very aggressive player in terms of looking for work, you know, we call it looking for work in the offensive line. Mike knows about that. One, one thing I want to add on this, Bobby, we haven't been able to get to it yet because there's so much content. So obviously Ben Cleveland, as we covered in our reaction video, got whooped for everybody to see by um, Carter. Carter, is that it? He got whooped on that one Jaylen. play. Yeah, Jalen Carter. Okay. Um, totally got whooped. So I really like to go and listen to the film guys. I mean, there are guys in Ravens in Ravens sphere that do no joke film work. Cole Jackson's one. And then um, coach Evans, Ivan Evans, they both go back and look. So I watched a YouTube of coach Evans going through it. He's, he's an actual coach. He knows, he knows what he's doing. Right. Uh, not, like not the professional. Yeah, it, not at the professional obvious level, obviously, but clearly knows offensive line play probably better than 99% of the fan base. So he's perplexed why Ben Cleveland isn't even being named in in this in like what's now a two-man race. So I watched him and and he graded all of Ben Cleveland's plays. I think, and he played the whole game. And he played at three different positions. Bobby, he said out of all of those, the entire game, playing three different positions where you're not getting used to it, he said he maybe gave, <clears throat> I feel like it was maybe five non-positive plays, so maybe like neutral or negative hit. So he's he like he's convinced that the Ravens are hiding him and that Ben Cleveland is actually going to be the starter. I don't know if I'd go that far. But then, so he goes through it, and it's like sound film work. And, and Cleveland did have some pretty sweet plays. Then Cole Jackson gets ahead of it because Cole's in Canada. So he gets the, the, the all 22 later. Cole puts out this passionate tweet on Tuesday morning being like, yeah, yeah, Cleveland got burned, but he had a great game. So I'm just telling you, Ravens Twitter is like, why isn't he even in the conversation? Like, because they felt like compared to Sala and Simpson, and then you add in Cleveland's film work from last year in actual regular season games, they're perplexed why he's not even in the in the running. So just wanted to put that out there. And I took way too much time because we're already way over 30 minutes. But I wanted to put that out there. I'll just add to that really quickly and say that I'm glad you did because a lot of our stuff is reactionary, especially mm -hmm. when it's post-game, right? We haven't had a chance to go back and watch it. We haven't had a chance to digest a ton of it, especially when it's happening in the trenches. And obviously, we defer to those guys in a coach and, and in somebody who's literally a, a I hope one day Cole's going to be full time in this business because that's how good he is. And I hope for coach's sake, he is as well if he wants to do content. But 
uh, I'm, I'm glad that you referenced that because we harped for good reason on that one play that he just he just whiffed and he got beat badly by Jalen Carter. But it's nice to know that these guys have done the full throttle worth of of however many snaps they looked at of Ben and gave him a fair a fair evaluation. So that's good to know. I I hope for Ben's case that he is in in the you know, in the rotation that he is in the conversation, but it sure seems like right now in terms of left guard, you mentioned Ben played three different positions. So perhaps he's, he's able, you know, to be versatile, but it sure looks like right now that it's John Simpson's job to lose. We'll see. We'll see if that changes a couple more, couple more before we jump. And I, I mentioned it earlier on sort of a, a funny, bizarre post by the Washington commander's Twitter account, hanging in the Louvre. It's, it's, OBJ going up against Emmanuel Forbes. And what's funny about the photo here, the still shot, is that, I mean, this is something. This is some sort of penalty, is it not? Hands in the face, DPI, you name it. He's clearly inhibiting. Yeah, like any throw the gamut at him. Like Forbes is sticking to him. There's no question. But he's preventing him from catching the football. He's got his hands in his eyes. How can o- how can Odell even see it? Like <laughs> Like how, and then, but you can clearly see that. Like they're putting up a picture that's clearly, I mean, his, his hands are like in his face mask. Like it's, it's like all over his visor. Like you said, it's like, basically if he didn't have a visor on, it would be in his eyes. And then they say, hang it in the Louvre. Like what? Like, okay. All right. Nice flex. Yeah, it is. a It is a little bit of a bizarre flex. Pretty sick photo though. Those guys are up in the air. Great photo yeah, it is a there cool by photo. the commanders. Yeah. How they got their hands on that one. We'll finish here, unfortunately, on a sad note as we continue to remember and honor Alex Collins, the former NFL running back who spent some time in Baltimore, who passed away tragically earlier this week after, uh, unfortunately, a, a motorcycle accident. And we heard from John Harbaugh. We heard from the team's official statement. We heard from Marlon Humphrey, so many of his former teammates, an outpouring of support on social media. This guy was really had a warmth to him um, and, and loved, loved what he did, loved the game of football, loved interacting with others. Here's how Lamar remembered. Hey, you see, that's my boy. You know, he's he from Broad County, too, as well. You know, um, and he was here my rookie year. And, you know, we was always chatting, you know, playing around and stuff like that. And locker room, great energy, great guy to be around. Um, just, you know, sorry for, sorry for the loss, you know, and especially to his family because he was a great guy. Those South Florida boys, man, they run deep. And the, and the NFL Brotherhood, too, right? You think about RG3 shared an awesome story on Twitter about I didn't even know that he had like any relationship with Alex Collins, but he did. And there and he and their uh, the guys and their wives used to hang out the, the Brotherhood. When when something tragic like this happens, you're reminded of how deep the Brotherhood runs. I just keep thinking about his friends and family. I hope they're I hope they're staying strong. I hope they're able to find peace in all of this and able to celebrate his life. Uh, I just can't imagine what they're going through. Certainly echo that, and it's that time of the show that we wanted to shout out two of our returning patients who've been with us literally from the jump. These are a couple of our OGs that signed up really like the day that we launched our Patreon account. Patrick York, Sarah Kendall, shout out you both. Thanks so much for the support and interest that you show us on a monthly basis. It's a great time of year. Uh, to, to If you're interested in supporting us, if you're interested in helping us out, you want to throw us a few bucks, and maybe you're even a small business owner, go check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. As always, you can connect with us on social media. Sarah can be found on Twitter at SG Ellison. I can be found across all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 
at Bobby Baltimore. So with that, as always, thanks so much for, for joining us on this Wednesday morning vault edition. Coming up on Thursday, we will have pretty much the, the equivalent of what we did in this episode from day two of joint practices. There won't be as much content probably video-wise, but we will get to it as thoroughly as possible. So for my co-host, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday morning vault edition. Thanks for being with us inside the vault.